you can't trade Alex Steen. And Regina, or Regina, if she were a town in Canada, uh, she responds with, why not Bennington? Real men, you drink pumpkin beer. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. Hi there, everyone. I'm Haley Wickenheiser, and this is Let's Go Blues Radio. This is Eddie Garcia from the Fox Sports Radio Network and co-host of the Punk Podcast, and you're listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Hi guys, this is Erica Weston with Fox Sports Midwest, and you're listening to my favorite St. Louis Blues hockey podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Hi everybody, this is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. And welcome to Season 9, Episode 4 of Let's Go Blues Radio. This is Franchise Episode number 270, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. And we are recording live on September 22nd, 2020. If you're tuning in on Facebook or YouTube Live right now, remember to interact with the show using the chat on either platform. And if you're podcasting, well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, so we've got a uh, very special episode, as you can tell. No Kurt, no Bill today, but I do have a very special guest, which we will get to in uh, just a moment. First, uh, I wanted to go ahead and announce the winner of our big giveaway right here at the top of the show. Yes, a big giveaway for some friends of the show that made our jerseys all black hockey sticks. The uh, the hat here, this is going to go to a lucky winner. So those of you who just saw the open, um, that is a bunch of Blues fans celebrating the big Stanley Cup win from 2019, and, and I'm sorry to have a guy from Massachusetts on the show as we celebrated that. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, but yeah, we had a, a little contest on social media to send in your videos of you celebrating, and we would pick a couple to use in the open, and one of those lucky people would win a uh, would win a free hat. So I have selected the winner uh, first of all, thanks to everyone who submitted, and a special thanks. To Dave Lipscomb, uh, STL Blues 21, and Original Dante YT. Uh, those are their names on Twitter. Those are the three we selected. And uh, the winner of our contest is actually Original Dante YT. So congratulations, Original Dante. Uh, I will be in touch with you very soon. And uh, I will be sending you your hat as well as a couple other goodies. But again, thank you to everybody who participated who retweeted, and uh, who definitely took a part in the giveaway. Uh, so, real quick, I, before again, when we get to our guest, I do want to give my beer of the episode. No uh, guest, I am not an alcoholic. This is just something we do. Uh, the, uh, so we, uh, did, I, I think I had this one last time that I did a live show, but uh, Schlafly Oktoberfest, that is a local St. Louis brewery and uh it is uh one of the best Oktoberfests that i've had so uh to anybody listening maybe in massachusetts or who's uh tuning into the show who normally wouldn't if you're ever in the st louis area schlafly brewery is one of the best in the midwest and they're right here in st louis but i think i've teased enough talking about our guest our guest today his name is steve forney public address announcer for the springfield thunderbirds and uh, a, a part-time, I guess, announcer for the Boston Bruins as well. Uh, Steve, thank you very much for joining the show today. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. This is great. 
Yeah, so uh, again, if anybody is uh, listening to the show right now, feel free to uh, to jump in on the YouTube or Facebook chat if you have questions for Steve. Uh, Steve's going to be kind of our uh, our our resident Thunderbirds aficionado, I guess, uh, because we uh, we we're all a little interested in the newest NHL team affiliated with the Blues as they have moved from San Antonio to Springfield, which was the former Florida Panthers. Uh, uh, affiliates, but uh, Steve, I, I want to ask you more personally: uh, How long have you been with the Springfield Thunderbirds? Yeah, uh, my first year with the Springfield Hockey Organization was actually when they were still the Springfield Falcons, and uh, that was basically one of our lowest points. Uh, at that point, we had been cast off to the Arizona Coyotes organization, as you can imagine. Uh, Springfield, Arizona, not exactly near each other. Um, and uh, the marketing fell apart. The team was in last place. The attendance was horrible, and it was a perfect excuse to jettison the team out to Tucson, which is now your your Tucson Roadrunners. Uh, knowing Springfield and sort of our mentality here of uh, never give up, and uh, we're sort of in it for ourselves, uh, a bunch of local business owners said, this is not going to happen. We are not going to lose uh, hockey here in Springfield. And they found a way to purchase the Portland Pirates, uh, move them to Springfield, which was the uh, Florida affiliate, and uh, and everything changed. Uh, all the ownership groups were all local business owners. The uh, the now president of the organization, who was calling all the shots, was a graduate of a uh, a school in Springfield. Uh, all of it was Springfield uh, oriented and created and. For us as a community, that was such an important part. Just that alone was such a draw. And uh, the last five years have gotten increasingly better and better and better in terms of turnout, in terms of fan interaction, in terms of, uh, uh, I mean, again, the, the the throwback nights. I don't know if any of the Jersey nerds out there saw the Springfield Isotopes, Simpsons things we did last year. Massive hit. Uh, the, the creativity coming out of the front office uh, is really through the roof. Um in the last five years, I've seen everything from, you know, any of the um, uh, any of the playoff shots that you see, like on NHL Instagram and stuff like that. They're all taken by our former guy who was in Springfield. He was our photographer guy, got got a job with the NHL, moved to New York City, started crushing it. And they sent him out to Edmonton. Uh, the amount of people that we've seen sort of graduate from the AHL to better things out of Springfield, uh, to me, is a representation of the entire pro approach they've taken over the last five years. Um, in terms of getting here, uh, from what I've understood, we wanted to get a deal done with Florida very badly uh, to lock in uh, this situation to avoid the Arizona Coyotes fiasco. And they didn't really hear back. And so uh, we started reaching out to other places. And St. Louis, uh, you know, from what I gather – you guys have sort of been going through the same thing. Is it San Antonio this year? Is it uh, Chicago this year? Is it the Worcester? You know, what, like, what are we doing? Where's our affiliate? Uh, we've sort of been that way for the last, I'll call it 15 years. And I think what we're looking at here is St. Louis saying, we just want an affiliate that's, that's consistent. That's not going to go anywhere. That's going, that's easy to get to. And that wants us there. And Springfield is saying literally the same thing about the NHL 
organization. So I think we have a real good match here made that could benefit long-term both organizations, both cities. So I mentioned Florida was the most recent affiliate. You mentioned the Coyotes. Have they been affiliated with anybody else uh, in the NHL in that time that you can remember? Uh, well, you know, like the real the real prim, primo time that we had here, I mean, the spring, you can go back to the Springfield Indians, you know, uh, we were with the Islanders and winning Calder Cups. Um you know, but we, but we really hit the hit the the stride was the Springfield Falcons when we were filled with Danny Briers and Devin Dubnik's, and uh, you know we were with uh, Tampa and we were with uh, Edmonton for a while. And again, geographically, it didn't make a ton of sense, but at least it was consistent. Um, you know, it is funny being with somebody like Florida. You get you know five years, you get to know all these kids, all these prospects. They're all great kids. You sort of are all of a sudden. You know, Florida's right. I'm a Bruins fan. They're right in our division, and you're you got a little bit of a sweet spot for them, you know, a little bit. But um, and again, I'm not going to pick on them, but I mean, you you out there in St. Louis can probably put a pretty good gauge on how the Florida Panthers run themselves. So yes. you know, uh, <laughs> there was a lot of disappointment, and there's a lot. You know, you follow Florida Panther fans, and they're all saying, "I can't believe uh, this guy in Springfield was drafted after Matthew Barzell." Or, or, you know, before Matthew Barzell. Well, you know, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's been it's been a little hit or miss. But the, the, the key here is, and I think the biggest thing from our organization is that win or lose, people are leaving our games happy with the product. Like nobody is being like, I can't believe they lost. I'm never coming to another game again. They're like, well, they lost. But you know what? The food was great. The beers were cheap. My kids got to do X, Y, and Z. Everybody was happy. We're coming again next Friday. And as you guys know, that's really how we all stay sustainable at this level. So um, to me, it all starts with that at the top. And then if you can get that situated, regardless of what the on-ice product is, you should be able to make it work. Yeah, I've, I was reading an article earlier that um, apparently, uh, I think it was last year, um, you eclipsed, uh, well, the, the Thunderbirds eclipsed eclipsed 5,000 fans uh, on average every year uh, or, or uh, every game. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a pretty, that's, that's not an easy task to do in, in a minor league team. And uh, you just mentioned some of the perks that comes with going to a Thunderbirds game. And a lot of uh, blues fans like to travel to see their AHL team. I mean, back when it was Peoria, it was very simple. Peoria, Illinois, it was about two and a half hour drive. Then it became Chicago. Then it was San Antonio. Now it's Springfield. Um, so maybe it's a little bit more of a drive or a flight, but I think fans will still might be wanting to come out to see some of these young blues players play. What can they expect uh, at the arena atmosphere? Well, I'll tell you, first of all, you can fly right into Bradley International Airport in Hartford. It's in uh, Windsor Locks, Connecticut, uh, and it's 20 minutes, not even to Springfield. Uh, we just recently got MGM Springfield, which is a beautiful casino in downtown, uh, has a hotel. And uh, I mean, again, like if people don't know geographically, like Springfield is the redheaded stepchild of the state. Like it's Boston uh, by the shore, Worcester's in the middle of the state. And then we're Springfield and we get, you know, no public funding. We don't get our roads. Uh, uh, we don't get our potholes fixed. Like they don't really care about us. So we have always sort of been in this. Uh, together for ourselves and it's it's crazy to see MGM right this big I mean this was a big massive deal when it came to Springfield and all they want to do is have you eat at 
you know, Nadim's restaurant in downtown. They want you to go to Red Rose Pizza. They want you to go to all these other establishments. And that's how I think we keep it sustainable. But I mean, I'll tell you what, you can fly into Bradley. You can uh, get a hotel at the Marriott in downtown Springfield, which is a block and a half from the casino. Uh, on Friday nights, you can go to a hockey game, bring your ticket stub to the casino after the game and get $10 in free play, which I don't qualify for. And I think is a little unfortunate. I'm like, I want to get that uh, fixed next season. I'm going to put that in a clause in my contract. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, we just like, we do, we just try to have fun. Like, I think that's such a, an important part. And I, I sort of said that earlier, but like, to us, it's it's if we get blown out seven to one, we still want people walking away and leaving the game thinking that they enjoyed themselves. And like, you know, and, and it's not that like you don't care about the team. We don't care about the product. Like, it's not it. It's that, again, you know, the beers are reasonably priced and, you know, the the, the lights are fun and the sounds fun. And, you know, you got the uh, our mascot boomer coming out of the ATV shooting T-shirts in the crowd like um and, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, I mentioned Nate Costa, our team president, like, because um, I my full-time job is in radio. I'm a radio producer. I work at different stations. And, uh, you know, we have some sort of musical connections, but I'm really a nobody. And, you know, he'll come up to me. He'll be like, how do we get Eddie Vedder at a game? And I'm like, <laughs> what? He's like, how do we get Eddie Vedder? I'm like, I I don't know. Like, you <laughs> You buy the Atlanta Hawks? Like, I have no idea how to get any better. <laughs> but you know what? He, he's he got – but he has these big – if you're not thinking Eddie Vedder, then you can't get the next guy underneath. Do you know what I mean? And, like right. – and, and so that's the mindset you have to have. Like, having David Ortiz come, come and smash little mini things into the crowd, that's a big get for Springfield. That's a – and it's, mm-hmm. it costs money. That's a big get for us. And we weren't getting that five, 10 years ago. And so I, I think that it starts there, works its way down. And I think we're in a really good spot. It's a, it's a place that I'm very happy uh, working for. And I, I am very happy with the progression that, that the organization is making. So um, are you a native to Springfield? I am. I've, I've basically lucked out. I'm, I'm in a town called Agawam, uh, home of Six Flags, which if you come to visit uh, in the summer, go to Six Flags, check it out. Um, yeah, but no, I've, I've unbelievably lucked out. I, I, I'm five minutes away. I've had a terrible jobs my entire life. I went to a broadcasting school for five weeks, lucked into radio. Uh, the guy who's been doing Springfield hockey for 35 years had enough. They called me and I've been in that seat ever since. Same thing with the, with the Bruins happened last fall, right around this time. The guy said he didn't want to come back. I got a tryout. I went. Did pretty good. Did about 10 games. They said they let me know about this season. So, like, I'm beyond grateful. But, I mean, yeah, like, a part of it is, you know, I I had my birthday party at Springfield hockey games, you know, like, and for me, like, I'm 34. I have a I have a three year old son. Like, I can't wait till he can have his birthday party at those games, too. You know what I mean? It's obviously the building's different. Environment's different. But to be. um you know, to have that sort of youthful part of it for me. Uh, and again, even like when I took over his job, I was so nervous. But at the same time, he was literally the only voice I knew. He'd been doing it for 35 years. I'm 34. So like when I was eight, he was the guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so so like that was all I knew. So it, it, it made it a little bit easier. But um, um, I yeah, I can't tell you how cool it is to be from this small town, to be able to get that 
that sort of in with that organization that I've been sort of following and with my whole life is, is pretty cool. It's, it's fun to be a part of. So uh, you mentioned a couple times here, the Boston connection with Springfield. Now, obviously everybody remembers the 2019 Stanley cup final. There was a little bit of hatred between the blues and the Bruins. Now I'm sure you've got your finger finger a little bit on the dial of the fan base there in Springfield. When the news came down that the blues were going to be the new affiliate, was it a, Hey, at least we got an NHL affiliate, or was it more? Oh man, does it have to be the Blues? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a couple things because it still does hurt, and uh, and like we we told and like honestly we totally underestimated you guys because because we were looking at it like there's no way the Bruins can win the Stanley Cup Finals when they are going to have to play Old Crosby, Ovechkin. We're going to have to do all this to get there. And if you remember to, the road to get there. Uh, uh, I think Columbus beat Washington. Crosby got nagged. The Bruins, the whole path was wide open. They had to beat Carolina and Columbus, and you're in the Stanley Cup Finals. And guess what? You don't have to play any of those heavyweights. You got St. Louis, who right fired their head coach and was kind of a mess. And, like, Jordan Bennington was playing for Providence the year before in Springfield. Uh, So beautiful. This is a cakewalk. And I think the Bruins, now this is two years in a row. We saw it uh, a couple weeks ago against Tampa. Uh, physically overmatched. And, you know, they say this game isn't physical anymore. I mean, it it wasn't just on the back end. I mean, it was up front, too. There was no ability to get the puck in the zone. When you're trying to work the puck quickly through the neutral zone on tired legs against big, beefy bodies, it's just not going to work. And, you know, it's weird to be the big, bad Bruins and you're Phil Tory Krugs and Jake DeBrusks, you know. Um, it's a little different than, than what you normally have, but I mean, um, it did hurt. And in in terms of the fan base, yeah, there was a little bit of that stinging and there was also a little bit of like, um, sometimes you almost like that little bit of the teams that aren't very good because you know, you're getting high draft picks, you're getting, you know, major prospects. And for a lot of us, we were like, well, St. Louis is good, right? You guys drafting like 29, 30th, like, you know, you're not getting these, uh, eight, nine, 10 picks. What's up with that? Um, so, you know, but, but there are a lot of players that I've, I've researched and looked into and I've been like, oh, you know, you guys have drafted actually pretty well. And I mean, when you look at uh, the makeup of St. Louis's roster and how many of those guys, I mean, it's true all across the league, but how many of those guys, whether it's Sammy Blaze or, uh, you know, some of those guys that took at least the two or three years to develop uh, to make it work, uh, you know, that's, that's absolutely exciting. And then, you know, the flip side of stinking and having low draft picks is, Usually you have an organization that gets that if you're good, the organization has their head on straight. They're well coached. They're well, uh, you know, they, again, they draft well. They have a good attitude in the locker room. Um, you know, like the Islanders thing that doesn't this year, that doesn't surprise me at all. Everyone's talking to the, I can't believe the Islanders did that. I've been watching these guys in Bridgeport and with the coaching staff that they have in Bridgeport and the coaching staff they have in the Islanders and the, the, sort of a precedent that they sent all the way down from the top down to the minor league organization. I'm like, I'm not surprised at all. These guys have been playing like this for the last four or five years. Scrappy, hardworking, grindstone, grimy goals in your face. Like, that didn't surprise me at all. So, um, you know, it's amazing what you can see at that level. And uh, and I think it'll be interesting to see a Western Conference team come to the East and play a whole bunch of teams that it doesn't really know very well. The rivalries are getting a little – a little chippy there for a little while. So it'd be interesting to see some new blood in the mix. 
Yeah, I think it was uh I think it was Pat Maroon um after the Blues uh won the cup, they were still there on Boston Ice and he even said that uh uh something about how the speed game's gone, it's all about uh, you know, who said the checking game was gone. Uh something like that and, and it was like kind of made people think like, yeah, I mean the Blues were a big heavy team that just wore teams down and I think that that was the belief that we were going to see again this year with uh, uh, Vancouver when they played them in the uh, the playoffs was, well, the longer this series go, the more it's going to favor the Blues. Obviously, things didn't turn out for the Blues this season. But, um, but yeah, last season, uh, Boston, a very quick team, a team. I and, mean, yeah, they got guys like Brad Marchand that can put up with the the physical stuff. Obviously, guys like Zidane Chara and uh, Tory Krug, guys like that. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it definitely swung in the Blues' favor in terms of I think they just wore them down. And uh, so just seeing from what you've seen and kind of talking about the Bruins themselves, uh, did you see them kind of uh, maybe try to play a new game plan this year after losing the Stanley Cup final to the Blues? Uh, well, I mean, unfortunately, not not really. I mean, they, they sort of put out the same kind of roster, the same guys. And I mean, when you get to the Stanley Cup finals – you know, why change anything? Right. Um, but you know, even the trades they made at the, at the, at the deadline, I mean, they brought in Brett Ritchie, which didn't work. Then they were like, well, let's go get the other Ritchie, Nick Ritchie. That didn't work. And then they brought in Andre Kasha who, you know, is again, not necessarily this big guy. And then who do you lose to in Tampa? Who's in Tampa now? Patrick Maroon. So, um, you know, again, Tory Krug's going to be a free agent. The word here is he's probably going to go to a place like Detroit. You know, he played at Michigan State. He's from the state. Detroit's got a boatload of money, and they need help on the back end. Um, and I think there is that belief that, yeah, you have to get big. I mean, it, it, and again, it's not even just getting big. And, like, you know, one of the things I noticed doing a, a PA announcing a Bruins game, because I sit, you know, dead center ice in the TD Garden. It's unbelievable. Um and they're playing Carolina. It was a regular season game. And you look at Carolina's defense, and, you know, Dougie Hamilton's 6'4", Jacob Slavin's 6'4". Uh, you know, they got Joel Edmondson, you know, who you guys – he was in there, I, I, I believe, from St. Louis. Um, and and I, I'll, I'll put him aside for this point. But most of those guys, they're all 6'3", 6'4", and they don't want to hit you. Dougie Hamilton doesn't want to hit you. Like, dude, you're 6'3", hit somebody. Um, so <laughs> – from my perspective, looking at the Bruins, like if Tory Krug's this great offensive guy, which he is at five nine, find somebody who can give me you know eighty percent of his offense who's six two. Yep. You know, just just having that little bit of size, and I love the kid's heart. I love his effort. I love the way he moves the puck. He's great in the locker room. But every off season, I'm like, darn, he didn't grow four inches. You know. Um, <laughs> so, and then you look at Carolina, who's just got all these massive trees, and they're so soft. <laughs> so what good are they? So it's um, uh, I, I think uh, uh, I think getting it back to a little bit to that 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 big bad Bruins, a little bit of attitude. Go find you know a diet Milan Lucic somewhere that can kind of come back and and you know at least give you a little bit of punch. I mean you know I, we all we all unanimously don't like Tom Wilson, right? None of us can stand Tom Wilson. <laughs> yes, yes. I'll take that guy on my team tomorrow. I'll take him tomorrow. <laughs> I agree with you. Um, so talking more a bit more about the uh, the Springfield uh, Thunderbirds, almost the Springfield Falcons. But uh, sorry, my right. my cat is loving that. to get in the shot right now. Let me let me get Cats rid of him. Love me. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. I'll ship him to you if you want him. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
So, yes, talking about the Thunderbirds a little bit more, um, the Florida Panthers, uh, we mentioned, was the most recent affiliate. Um, the player that uh, that came up with them and, and Anthony Gre- uh, Greco, I believe is how you say his name? Greco, yeah, Greco. Greco, yeah. Greco, yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, the, we'll talk about Springfield hosting the 2019 All-Star Classic in a minute, but he set the record for the fastest skater at the uh, event in AHL history with uh, 13.251 Plus, he is uh, the team's all-time leading scorer with 157 points in 261 games. Is it fair to say he's probably one of the greatest players that consistently to play for Springfield, or would you name it to somebody else? Well, uh, history will uh, – we have uh, – I, I mean, the history in Springfield of hockey is, is pretty ridiculous. We have the Springfield Hockey Heritage Society, which will say, well, you know, back in Eddie Shore's days. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that in terms of the, the new Thunderbirds regime, uh, since we've become the Thunderbirds, no doubt about it. Um, I, I do think that we have a bit of a sh- maybe a smaller ice here in Springfield when it comes to the fastest skaters. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, he is – You know, I always say with the AHL level, like, there are – the NHL guys stand out. Um, they're always a little, a little faster, a little quicker. Their shots are a little harder than everybody else. Um, and Greco didn't have a lot of those things, but his speed was unbelievable. And it, it wasn't the speed. It was the ability to get there in one or two strides as opposed to three or four strides. Um, penalty killing. The kid was ridiculous. Um, and, uh, and so, and then of course, you know, you, you, uh, it's been nice to have a guy like like Paul Thompson uh, is now on a second stint. He was on a second stint here with Springfield. And I've seen more guys, you know, he's a right wing. I've seen more centers and left wingers play with Paul Thompson as young kids, learn, and then watch their careers take off. And so I, I think that's a big part of it, too, is a guy like Greco, again, undrafted out of Ohio State. Um, and uh, they did have to trade him last season, which was really tough to swallow. Hmm. Um, but it was an absolute pleasure. And I, I don't, I don't mean to bring the mood down, but, uh, Greco, I think, uh, maybe two or three months ago, uh, did lose his father, unfortunately, who was a, uh, firefighter in New York city during nine 11 and had all kinds of horrible things that were affected from nine 11. And that unfortunately took his life last, uh, well, at least like I said, in the last couple months. So, uh, if you're listening, Greco family, uh, thinking about you. I love you guys. Thanks for all your contributions to Springfield. Yeah, he's uh, now with the San Jose Barracuda, uh, I believe, still under contract, uh, which is part of the San Jose Sharks organization, obviously. So hopefully we'll see him in the NHL jersey one day. But, uh, yeah, so it's it's interesting because, you know, we've, we've talked to a couple of people from San Antonio and Peoria and, and, you know, other different AHL organizations and, it's always interesting because you mentioned, you know, you see some NHL guys that'll pop down there and, you know, you're like, okay, they, this kid's going to last 10 games down here and then he's going up to the NHL. So it's got to look, it, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a different dynamic. And you being a, a Bruins guy as well, you know, because you see a guy like Greco play in 261 games and it's easy to say, well, that guy's one of the best this organization's ever had. But then you've also had guys like Tomas Jerko. Uh, uh, Jared McCann, and then in goal, Rado Barra, Michael Hutchinson, St. Louis native Mike McKenna. Uh, guys like that have played for the organization. So I always like to ask this question to anybody who follows the HL teams. In terms of, of the fans and, and what they root for, when they see 
a guy like a like a McCann or even like a a, a, a Hutchinson, are they rooting for them to make the NHL or are they kind of like I hope they just stay here and you know provide us some 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 decent hockey for a while? Um, you know, it's funny. I, I think that's I think that's it's kind of the age old question, right? I mean, um, you know, we had a goalie the last two or three years, uh, Sam Montembeau. A uh, young kid, top prospect down in Florida, you know, six foot four, you know, boyish smile, you know, and uh, and he gets called up and and, the you know, I had season ticket holders behind me who would ask me before the game, is he starting tonight in Florida? Is he starting? Is he getting to start tonight in Florida? <laughs> I mean, so there it, it's and it's usually more like, OK, well, how are we going to fill this gap? How are we going to uh you know, like, or it's, or it's going into it. I mean, a guy like Owen Tippett, who is a top prospect, absolutely crushing it. And, and, you know, you talk to season ticket holders and the, the question is, when are they going to call Tippett up? Like, what are they waiting for? Like this kid's yeah. crushing, like, get him out of here. What is he doing here still? So there, there's a little bit of that too. And, and, you know, when, when we've uh, reached points where we've seen organizations get kind of decimated and you, everybody gets called up, I think there's that reasonable understanding of like, you know, this might be a little challenging for a little while, but you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. And if we lose 10 straight, but our guys get called up and play really well, you know, uh, that's, that's fine. We'll deal with it that way, you know, but um, I mean, yeah, I mean the, the, and the Bruins in particular, and it's been bizarre because I do follow them, but I mean that, you know, uh, Charlie McAvoy's first ever shift was in Springfield. Uh, for Providence, and you know whether it's Sean Corrali and and Nola Chari and uh, 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 I mean it, there there was a while where Frank Vetrano and David Pasternak were both on their power play unit, which was borderline unfair. Um, <laughs> so I mean it's it's uh, it's been only five six years, and I mean even still I'm watching Tampa, and I've seen half that roster in Syracuse. You know it's it's uh, it's the best developmental league in sports, uh, and the teams that take it the most serious, you know, on the Eastern side, her, you know, again, Hershey with Washington, Syracuse and Tampa, Boston and Providence. If you can really establish that minor league system and get it going. And I mean, again, those three teams that I mentioned, you know, with all due respect to our new relationship, Hershey, Hershey and Washington have been together since like what the sixties, oh, <laughs> yeah. Providence and Boston, they're 15 minutes away from each other. I mean, those are established institutions. And I think the more you can get that establishment and invest in that minor league product, you're going to reap the investment. You're going to reap the returns come a year or two down the road. Yeah. And I think uh, that was kind of a conversation here when um, the Vegas Golden Knights again uh, took over the Blues' AHL affiliate. This was the second time in case you were unaware, they uh, first stole the Chicago Wolves from the Blues. They moved to San Antonio and then they decided to uh, buy the rampage. So look out. They might be on uh Springfield's radar. They might be buying them up too. But um so after all that, you know, it's it, the conversation was the Blues just need to buy an AHL team. They just need to own it themselves, control it. That way there's no worry about, you know, guys uh questionable whether they're going to get playing time, whether uh that AHL team is going to sign somebody who's going to get more playing time than the Blues prospects. Um, so obviously there's an affiliation agreement here. It's not a, a matter of the Blues buying an AHL team. Um, in the past, just what you've seen before, 
what uh, obviously you know Springfield's big thing is you know selling tickets. That's every organization wants to sell tickets, get fans in the stands. Um, do you see them being a team that that says we've got this guy established, this guy established, they're going to play over Blues prospects, or do you think they want the Blues prospects to come in and shine and kind of steal the show and and uh, uh, be the new face of the Springfield Thunderbirds? Uh, well, and it's interesting, and I, I think a lot of those decisions probably happen um, a, a bit above their – like, you know, with, with the Florida situation, you know, we had our own GM, Eric Joyce, but, I mean, he basically – I mean, I, he, you know, he, he, would, he would basically have all your prospects, but I thought he always did a really nice job of signing the – 28, 29, 30, 31 year old Tommy Cross, Paul Thompson, Rob O'Gara. You always, you know, Senna, Bobby Farnham, who, you know, if anybody knows anything about Bobby Farnham, he'll play six shift, shifts a game. They'll be the most <laughs> electrifying six shifts. And then you'll go home and be like, boy, that 26 was something. You know, and he didn't really do anything except get a five minute major, but boy, was he electric. Um, uh, and, and like the nicest guy ever me. Um, but, uh, I think that having, I think that having the veteran presence is so key, and I think that if you are, if you were putting your prospect on the second line power play, because you need the old veterans on the first ones on the first unit power play to show them how it's done, and they can watch it from the bench and say, "This is how we do it here." Uh, I think there is benefit to that. Um, I will say, unfortunately. I'm going on my, this will be my sixth season and I've yet to do a playoff game. So I don't know what, I don't know what the, you know, it's April. We're three points out. We have five games left. What is our approach to handling the roster key game situations? You know, we just haven't really had the chance yet, unfortunately. So I know it is a different organization. It might be a very different approach, but. Um, I think that having the veterans is so key. And I mean, again, like our first year was when you meant, you know, Mike McKenna. I mean, having Mike McKenna to be the face of your franchise, a guy who was in Springfield maybe four or five years ago. I mean, he certainly got around. He'll be the first one to tell you that. Um, but to be able to be like, hey, remember Mike McKenna? He's back. Come to our games. Like that was that was useful. So it depends on the position. And I think it, it, it really depends on how the 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 NHL team wants to sort of handle it down there. Yeah, no, and that's the that's probably what Blues fans wanted to hear. Um, and yeah, Mike McKenna, we're big fans of Mike McKenna on this show. Like we said, St. Louis native, uh, just a, a true journeyman and one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. For anybody who's uh, had the opportunity to meet him, um, but uh, you mentioned earlier something that that when this was the first thing that popped in my head when I saw the new AHL agreement with this team. The Springfield Isotopes. Uh, I am a massive Simpsons fan. I I gr- literally grew up with that show. Um, I'm same age. Well, a little older than you. I'm 35, and so I've I've seen every episode. Um, you know the the baseball team. I think when I was a kid, I had a Springfield Isotope shirt, uh, jersey. I think is what they call them. And and so when that happened, I was all for it. Uh, I thought it was great. The NHL promoted it, which a lot of times, I mean, I, th- I think you'll agree that the NHL doesn't really maybe promote 
their minor league product as well as they can, but they definitely jumped on that. And I, to me, that was one of the best stories to come out of the AHL in the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, how did that go over in Springfield? Was that a, uh, a huge marketing gamble that paid off for Springfield? Uh, massive. Absolutely massive. I mean, one of the biggest I, I think they've come up with. And, you know, I got I to gotta be honest. I don't know why. Like, my mom wouldn't let me watch The Simpsons, but she let me watch Seinfeld. <laughs> it doesn't make so any like, sense. <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay, so I won't be Bart Simpson. I'll be George Costanza. Like, what's, what's, what are you trying to do here, Mom? Like, I don't, I don't get it. But anyway, so, like, I, I admittedly am not, like, the biggest. But, I mean, I had, I had friends who I hadn't even talked to who have been like, Hey man, I'm living in Syracuse now. Can you get me a shirt? Like, oh, and I man. think they're still selling stuff. I think they even just released another round of merch and like absolute home run. Um, I mean, the jerseys came out outstanding. I mean, with the row of, of donut sprinkles across the bottom, like they popped, they looked great. Um, you know, it'll be very interesting to see. And again, I don't, I'm not, I don't speak for the team here, but I mean, just based on the way that the world we're in right now and where 2020 is at, you know, our other big one is the Springfield Indians, which is, uh, you know, that was the, our initial thing. That's, you know, Indian motorcycles were created in, in Westfield. Like that is like a Western mass Indian motorcycles, Indian Springfield Indians. Um, and we brought those back, which forever was like uh the white whale like we don't have springfield doesn't have the rights to the indians we can't bring that back how are we going to do this well again new ownership and a costa said we can't we can't get the rights what is it going to cost let's pay for it we're getting them and we're going to put them on the old islanders jerseys we're going to put them on the old hartford whalers blue and green we're going to wear them we're going to sell them and they flew and i told him we're talking to their merch guy he goes oh i ordered so much stuff i said whatever you ordered double it because this community, again, it's tradition around here. We, we're, we're isolated from Boston. They don't care about us. So we have to keep it all inside. And, and that's the kind of stuff that, uh, that really hit a home run. And, I mean, you know, I mentioned earlier, how do I get Eddie Vedder? Like, that is, that's the approach down here. We want Eddie Vedder. And we want David Ortiz. And we want you, too. Bring them all to the, we'll have them play at intermission. I mean, like, that's, that's what we're trying to do here. That's, that's awesome to hear. So first of all, I want to give a call out to a friend here on our YouTube chat, Jimmy Anderson. Uh, sorry, no question for you. He just tells me that I'm looking snazzy and he says, cheers. Uh, cheers to you too, sir. Uh, good to hear from you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. And, uh, but yeah, so, uh, again, we're here with Steve Forney of, uh, the Springfield Thunderbirds. I didn't ask you, I'm, I'm assuming I'm saying your name correctly. Is that Yes. Okay. Yes. Just making sure. Um, yes. But uh, so, yeah, you mentioned earlier the uh, the Blues prospects that are going to be coming in. You did a little research on them, and I know that people above you have done research as well. Is there one guy that's standing out to you in terms of uh, what prospect that's going to be coming in? I mean, obviously, the names Clem Costin, Billy Huso are probably the two bigger ones, uh, which Huso may be in the NHL to start the year. But is there um, is there one guy that maybe stands out to you or the organization that's very excited to get marketing around? Uh, well, you know, it's a good question, and I, I I'm not sure. Two things: number one, who sells, and number two, uh, who's going to like you said get that promotion? Who we're not even going to see? Um, you know, some of the names I keep seeing are are is it Jacob Wallman? Mm -hmm. uh, everybody's very excited about him. Um, you know, to me. 
at this level, I always think it starts in goal and goes out. Because if you have a if you have a bad goalie at this league, like it's tough. It's a tough a tough go. So I mean, I I, I would love to have Billy Huso. I know that uh, the depth was at that position was pretty high. Although uh, Jake Allen got traded, so I'm not. I haven't really updated the depth you know depth chart on that. But um, you know, I I think that a lot of times I think that. You know, one of the interesting things that I, I've noticed here is I don't think we've ever really up to this point marketed a player. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Like one of the one of the things we've really promoted is the mascot. And when you think about it, if you're looking for consistency, the names, the faces, the players all change. You know what doesn't change? The mascot. Yeah. That dude is always there. He's always going to be with the kids. He's always going to be at the birthday parties. So, you know, I, I'm not sure uh, from a marketing perspective if if it's the players or if it's the logo, the name, the product, the, again, the mascot. I mean, my hope is I want those uh, Wayne Gretzky era jerseys with the red across the belly that you guys wore, just slap the Thunderbird <laughs> right on that thing and give it to me. And again, we'll sell a zillion of them. Um, uh, so I, I, I think the marketing approach is a lot more there because again, like our fans, I mean, we have the diehard fans, but I think our main attraction, and again, I, I don't, I don't work in the front office. Maybe I should say, I don't work in the front office um, for the team, but I, again, this is my approach sitting where I sit for five years is um we want the we want the families that have maybe never been to a game, the families who haven't been in two weeks. We want the kids on Friday nights who are looking for something to do. And again, right pre-pandemic, of course. But we're looking for for uh, you know Friday night. We want uh, groups of 10, 22 year olds. And quite honestly, they might not even know that the Thunderbirds are affiliated with the Blues. You know, but. They're gonna they're gonna come. They're gonna have fun. They're gonna they're gonna spend a little bit of money, but they're not gonna get their wallets stolen out from underneath them. And hopefully, they come back again next Friday. And like I think that that's what I've noticed is the real key to sustainability when it comes to uh, this level is 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 uh, uh, finding you know you have the hardcore fans. It's everybody else. How do you bring them in? How do you keep them? And how do you bring them back? You know you know one thing one thing I did want to mention though. Um, because I heard you mention we were over 5,000 fans, and you thought it was a good number. And it is a good number, but something to keep in mind is we only – our capacity here is only 6,300. So, you know, the XL Center in Hartford used to that, – that held the Whalers. That holds Green Day. Uh, we don't get – again, we don't get Green Day. Uh, we get 6,300 people. We're lucky to get Disney on ice. So that's why when I look at attendance, one of the things that always bothers me is I wish it was a percentage because – you see 6,000, it's always towards the middle, towards the bottom. But if it was, or, you know, 5,000, but if it was a percentage, and don't ask me to do the math, that number's probably a lot higher just be based on the fact that it's such a small arena. And I'll tell you what, when we get that place packed, it's nice and loud. It's a lot of fun, a lot of fun to be a part of. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, if you can pack that with 5,000 people, 6,300 uh, max, I mean, that's that there that that's going to echo off the walls pretty well so i yeah, can imagine that's fun. a pretty nice atmosphere to work in that's fun yeah um so uh in terms of now you mentioned the providence bruins a couple times and obviously it's weird probably because like you said a lot of people in springfield are are 
Boston Bruins fans. Are the Providence Bruins their their would you say rival or is it kind of like a, a budding rival? I mean, what's uh, what's the relationship like there? Yeah, well, it's interesting, and this is why uh, I don't think this league will ever die here in the Northeast because the geographical distance from and again, just keeping it smaller from, you know, uh, Providence, Springfield, Hartford, Connecticut, which is 25 minutes away, Bridgeport, Connecticut, which is 45. Uh, and that's your Sound Tigers, your Wolfpack, uh, the Providence Bruins, um, you know, and then it's the three Pennsylvania teams, uh, Wilkes-Barre, Hershey and Lehigh Valley, which is your Philadelphia Flyers. So, I mean, just that one stretch down one highway, you got six teams and like, it gets to a point where you hit March or April and you're like, really? Providence again? We got to play Providence <laughs> again for the 19th time because we're also geographically connected that, you, boy, do you see a lot of Hartford? Do you see a lot of Providence? And I'll tell you what, go back to, if you're curious, the last game we worked before this pandemic was, uh, I'll never forget because it was March 11th when everything shut down because it was 311 and I love my 90s music and so I always appreciate 311. And uh, and uh, the game before that was a Sunday and it was against Hartford and we had. Uh, I think we had four or five major penalties. We had one guy in Hartford leave the bench to start a fight. We had one guy leave the penalty box to start a fight. I mean, just total chaos. Matt Bolesky yelling at fans <laughs> on the way. to. I mean, just total chaos. And it was like. Man, these teams are tired of seeing each other, you know? And so, I mean, that's why I mentioned earlier, it'll be interesting to see some new blood in the mix because, uh, I mean, yeah, you get two, three, four years into this and you get some of the same names and faces. And, you know, these AHL guys, they'll stay on one team forever. And, man, they, you know, especially like Wilkes-Barre Scranton, Tom Kostopoulos and Tom Sestito were playing there for, for, for 10 years, it seems like they're always playing there. And, uh yeah, we see a lot of those teams. And I got to be honest, these fans that come to the Providence Springfield games and they're wearing Bruins jerseys, I have no clue who they're rooting for. I have no <laughs> idea who they're rooting for. You know, they bought a ticket like everybody else, but I don't know who they're rooting for. No clue. That's funny. Yeah, we, uh, I, again, I went to Peoria games and it's funny because I would see people, you know, back when there was a Blues affiliate, I'd see people in Blackhawks jerseys because that was pretty much halfway between St. Louis and Chicago. And I would think, oh, man, I'm going to have to fight this guy. You know, this guy's going to come up to me. You know, I'd be a college kid. And I'm just like, ah, oh, this guy's going to be giving me trouble later. And then we'd be high-fiving me after the Rivermen scored. And I'm like, oh, you're rooting for the Rivermen. Okay, yeah, yeah. well, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, an interesting dynamic. Like, yeah, and I mean, for me, I mean, like I said, just being able to have conversations with, again, guys like Jake DeBrusque, uh, Dan Heinen, um, you know, to, to be a Bruins fan and see, you know, Frank Petrano and David Pasternak coming to the penalty box and you're like, man, I know this kid's going to make it, you know, um, it's, it's cool. It's cool. And then, you know, again, my first NHL game I ever did was an Islander game. I got a call on a Tuesday. We're totally screwed. We have no PA announcer. Can you get to Brooklyn? I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess. And, you know, and I get there and out comes Thomas Grice and Matthew Del Call. And a whole bunch of other guys who were in Bridgeport last week. And I'm like, oh, all right. Well, if these guys are here. I could be here too. You know, it was sort of that like, uh, well, you're an AHL guy. I'm an AHL guy. Let's uh, let's either sink together or swim together, but let's do it together. So uh, it's fun. 
So uh, what I want to give uh, I was I wouldn't have read this if you were still affici- uh, uh, affiliated with the Florida Panthers, but uh, you are not, so it's it's okay to make fun of them. Uh, Jimmy in our YouTube chat says five thousand people. Dang, that's like a Florida Panthers game. Not bad. Burn. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I mean, I um, you get that a lot from, and you know. It, you follow a couple of those social media, those Twitter followers. You find a couple like the diehard fans who'd like to keep up with the AHL affiliate. And, uh, you know, you always get the screenshots from them. Stop telling us nobody comes to games. Look at all the people here. <laughs> stick up for it. I mean, um, you'll never have a problem going to a Hartford Wolfpack game at the XL Center. That place is – and I'll tell you, when you get, get 3,000 people in a place that big, Boy, it's cavernous. I mean, yeah. it is. Oh, boy, it's cavernous. I mean, well, when 3,000 people in our building seems seems light, but, man, you get in some of these big arenas, that's tough, that's, especially as a PA and out there. How do, you get, how do you get everybody fired up when there's four of them? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm sure it's, sure it's always really interesting when they've got the, uh, the, the crowd meter going and it's getting really <laughs> high, and it's like nobody's cheering. There's nobody here. <laughs> We're all, we always say that thing needs to be checked because we're always like, uh, I don't think it's that as loud as it's saying yeah. it is. <laughs> it's been a while since it's been calibrated. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, Steve, let me ask you uh, as a personal thing, and, and and obviously you've done some Bruins games as well, but uh, Thunderbirds, you've been working there for uh, a couple years now. Uh, to you, what is what was uh, one of the most exciting things you've seen live and up close? I mean, uh, you said you haven't seen a lot of playoff games, but – I'm sure there's been something that stands out in your mind as uh, something really great to see as a PA announcer. Uh, yeah, I mean, and like, I don't mean to dump all over 2020, but I mean, you know, here we are. I mean, <laughs> 2019, just to give you a quick run through, I, you know, we, we hosted the AHL All-Star Game in January, uh, which was one of the most, I mean, again, you talked about Anthony Greco winning that thing. If you look closer at the clip, I'm standing in the box as he's taking off with my phone up. <laughs> my phone you know um uh, so we did that um uh then came the spring and the summer where i also did the connecticut sun who uh are playing in the playoffs right now i don't know if they won tonight it was like a close game but anyway uh they got to the wnba finals so i'm on espn doing wnba finals games against the washington mystics like that was unbelievable and then september rolls around and i get an email from the bruins and then there I am, you know, Alex Ovechkin is, you know, sitting in the box next to me. Um, so, I mean, 2020, uh, 2019 was an unbelievable year. I, I like, I still look back and I, I remember December being like, I don't want this year to end, uh, fully not knowing where we'd be. But I mean, Blues I'll give you a good didn't one. Either. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll give you a good one because this is kind of funny. Um, and I've had a lot of conversations with different guys, but uh, Ovechkin comes to the box. And first of all, it's like the he's like the Beatles because the guy never gets a penalty. So like you look behind him, it's just all people with their phones again with their phones, right? I got a picture of Ovechkin in the box, and um, so Ovechkin's in the box and he's not happy, and he spits a big hockey player loogie, and it lands right on the handle to the door, where the you know the the, the penalty operator has to put his hand on it and open the door and and. And so he kind of looks, and now there's, like, spit. Alex Ovechkin's spit is dripping off this thing, and he's like, <laughs> this is disgusting. And so Ovechkin kind of, like, you know, rolls his eyes a little bit, and he 
Goes over, leaves over, he grabs the Gatorade bottle, he sprays it down. He goes over, he grabs a towel, he gets in there, and he starts rubbing the thing. And I'm like, you know, good on Ovechkin, man. Like, you know, this guy's going to make a zillion dollars. He's the biggest star on the planet. You know, he could just, like, tell this guy, put your disgusting hands on my gross spit. But no, he, he hosed it down, wiped it down. Um I, I thought that was that was one of those things that will always stick with me. And then uh, if you ever want to Google, uh, you can YouTube uh, Tom Wilson, David Pasternak. And I know those two, uh, like David Pasternak, I got some tweet about Tom Wilson. Uh, this was a game going back to uh, November, December. Wilson, you know, Wilson hits Pasternak, you know, between the legs with his stick. Pasternak throws Wilson one right near the bench. All of a sudden, Wilson jumps on Pasternak, which, of course, brings everybody's attention. That conversation between the box, between Wilson and Pasternak, uh, was one of the most unexpected conversations I've ever had. And I was expecting to hear, you know, you son of a bang, you son of a boom, boom, bleep this, bleep that. And it was, like, absolutely the total opposite. And, like, you just... You're just like, oh my god, what's about to happen right now? These guys get the penalty box, and they were like, could have been more cordial. So it's like, it's just you never know. Like, uh, I, there's something different about hockey guys. I think, uh, you know, they they're always really fired up. And trust me, I've seen some angry. And there are times, you know, I got the a microphone in between them. I'm like, hey guys, like, I gotta announce these penalties. Can you guys stop yelling at each other for two and a half minutes so I can just read this thing here, and then you guys can finish. Um, I'll tell you the perspective that I have there is, is so unique. It's, uh, fantastic. Um, you know, and again, whether it's center court at a WNBA game at Mohegan Sun Arena in front of a sold out crowd, I mean, that is an absolute blast. Basketball is so much harder to call every out of bounds, every jump ball, every, everything you got to call. Um, but, uh, I'll tell you the, the, the year 2019 was, and again, starting with that, AHL All-Star Game, through the WNBA Finals, through work and Bruins games, uh, was just one of the best stretches I've ever had in my life. It's one of the best stretches I've ever had in my career. Uh, and uh, and then 2020 came, and here we are. So uh, yep. we'll, we'll see what the future brings. But uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it was something. It was certainly something. Yeah, that uh, I, I tell you what, 2020 sure made uh, all the celebrating for Blues fans come to a screeching halt. It was, oh, okay, I guess we uh, we can't go out to bars and still celebrate winning our first cup. So it's uh, it's been interesting all across the country for sure. Um, we uh, we oh, have a couple. Oh, wait a minute. So so let me ask you. So what's the big talking points here for the Blues uh, going into the off season? What are we ta- What are we talking about? Are we talking about trades? We got. Uh, some contracts we have to renew. What's what are the big uh, talking points out there? The biggest got? one right now is Alex Petrangelo. Uh, it was released uh, a couple days ago that uh, apparently the Blues have told him to go ahead and pursue free agency because they can't work out a deal. Um, I will say uh, my personal opinion on it. I think uh, you know we we have until October 9th to see what's going to happen in this organization, and I think uh, the Blues are just exercising that, uh, saying, "Hey, we're." We've done everything we can up to this point. Let's take a break from talking. Come back to us in a couple weeks. Um, I think that's more what it is. But I know a lot of Blues fans would disagree and say that this is the Blues telling Petrangelo it's time for him to walk. But that's the biggest one. Is the captain going to come back? And if he doesn't, how do you replace his minutes? Um, and uh, 
was trading Jake Allen worth it? Uh, since uh, that was basically the reason they moved him was because they wanted to uh, 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 oh, have the cap space to sign Petrangelo. So that's yeah. that's the big points now. But uh, again, I think we'll, we got about a what about uh, three and a half weeks until October 9th when free agency starts. I think uh, we're going to see some more talks between the two teams for sure. Yeah, yeah interesting. Well, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of teams that are like that. I think this, the, the free agency is going to be different this year. Spending, I think, is going to be down just because revenue's way down. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of good players that want to get paid. Petrangelo wants to get paid. Krug wants to get paid. Um, and, you know, and you do have teams that want to spend. Detroit, all the money in the world to spend, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Good stuff. For, Sorry, for sure. I didn't mean to interrupt you with my Oh, no, you? no, no. I was just going to say we got a couple comments here in the YouTube yeah. chat. Uh, Hotard12 says he agrees, I guess, with what I just said. Take a break and come back to the table before free agency starts. Uh, he says uh, one of his favorite things about going to uh, – well, well, I guess he kind of asks – I'm guessing you've never been to Peoria, Illinois, correct, Steve? He's asking if you've ever been to Big Al's in Peoria. And uh, I I would understand why your answer is no, because who goes to Peoria when they live on the East Coast? Uh, but uh, he says he loves going to Rivermen games and venturing over to Big Al's, which is a, uh, well, we'll just call it a gentleman's club up there in Peoria. Oh, okay. Yes. I thought I was. Good. I thought we were talking barbecue or something. But I, no. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to. All right. Oh, okay. Big Al. Yes. All right. Interesting. And I, well, I didn't I mean, know that. I had to Google it. Of course, I didn't know what that was. Um, okay. But... Well, I mean, look, you can go down to Theodore's in downtown on Worthington Street in Springfield and get uh, some of the best burnt ends you're ever going to have uh, as we try to do our take on barbecue up here in the Northeast. And then uh, you can swing on over to the Mardi Gras and get uh, – that'll be the closest thing to Big Al's. And then uh, you can hook a left and a right, and then you'll be right at the Mass Mutual Center to watch some hockey. It'll be perfect. Nice little There afternoon. you go. There you go. I like the idea. I'll, <laughs> I'll make sure. Uh, Hotard12 says they do serve barbecue, so I don't know if that's some kind of pun <laughs> or uh, – let's just leave that one alone. Uh, but um, – on so, plates, yes. I think. They serve they do serve it on plates. Right, right. That that's, that's what good. it means. Yep. That's yeah. what it is. Yep. Um, but uh yeah, so again, this was uh Steve Forney of um uh the Seattle Thunderbirds PA announcer and uh hopefully Pretty a guy good. that we're we're Seattle. gonna oh, man, Seattle. Oh no, ah I I put in my notes so many times. I literally have it like three times in here. Don't say Seattle. And I did Don't it. Say ah. Those are the I, was, two no-nos. Yeah. I was so close. So close. Springfield Thunderbirds. And um, Steve, again, you're, you know, you you talked earlier about how you're a, a hopeful for the NHL PA. And, and I think we're all rooting for you here. You, uh, you it was very gracious of you to join the show. Uh, yeah. From what I've heard from some of the clips I heard on YouTube with you calling it in the background, sounds like you do a great job. Seems like you love your job. So again, I think we're all rooting here uh, for you over here. At Let's go blues radio. Um, why don't you go ahead and uh, let our listeners know, where they can find you on social media, uh, anything you might want to promote. I know you said you uh, do some radio work. Uh, let us know how uh, they can get in touch with you and, and how they can hear you. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks. And I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll start by saying like, if you're uh, in your uh, mid to late twenties and you hate your, you hate your job and your career and where you're at and something seems interesting. I don't care if it's uh, radio, uh, cooking, uh, look into it. Uh, because you just never know where it's going to turn up. And I can't believe where my life has taken me over the last uh, seven, eight years. I was calling 
junior hockey games and ice cold rinks in the middle of nowhere, Connecticut on, you know, long weekends, eight games a week doing play by play, you know, six years ago. And now I'm in the TD garden and I don't know, even know I don't know how I got there. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> so, 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 so follow your, you know, uh, don't be afraid to look into that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I'm on Twitter at uh, S forty four one three. I usually just kind of mess around. I don't do a ton of stuff, but um, we are. Uh, my radio station is part of uh, iHeart Radio. Uh, w H Y N is our uh, our uh, letters there, and uh, on Sundays at noon here locally, I have a, a sports show. Uh, so if you want to talk about how excited we are about Cam Newton, uh, we, you can certainly tune in and hear that cause we are all of a sudden fired up about Cam Newton. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, um, uh, and, uh, yeah. And then we, you know, I'm in, I'm in tomorrow at 5 a.m. To, to host the, uh, fill in for the, the host of the, the political nonsense show, which I just, uh, is, uh, if you want to be depressed, uh, listen to political <laughs> radio. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, definitely tune in tomorrow. It'll be really, uh, uh uplifting. And, um, uh, but no, I mean, uh, I, I'm just, a, I'm just a lucky dad who's got to the best seat in the house. I mean, really that's, that's uh, all I do. And I got, uh, uh, I'm very grateful. I'm very humbled, very blessed. That's, uh, that's about it. So, but thank you, Jeff. And Hey, anytime you guys want to uh, hook up, let me know. Uh, yeah. you get some, some big news, you get some, I don't know, injuries or guys that intrigue you or something. Let me know. I'm happy to talk because that's all I do in there in, in that box between the belly boxes. Is analyze guys. He stinks. He's good. Blah blah blah. Oh yeah, but that's what I do. Oh yeah, no, I I used to be in uh, blues media, and and that was what I would do. I would sit up in the box and I would rate every player in my head. And sometimes it would come out out loud, and I'd be sitting there going, "You shouldn't say that because that guy is like way better at hockey than you. So stop saying that." It's, it's even worse when you say that, and his teammates in the penalty box. Yeah, he's like, hey. <laughs> Leave you. Oh my god. Leave leave Tom Wilson catch alone. Yourself. Yeah, catch yourself. <laughs> awesome. No, this is well, great. Well, Steve, I really appreciate it. Uh so I want to uh have a couple notes here to close up shop and, and again I want to thank Steve for coming on. Again, follow him on Twitter at S forty. That's F O R N I four one three. Um and uh yeah, four one three. Is that a what is that? Is that your area code? Springfield, Springfield area code, 413. All, All right. right, good to know. 314 here in St. Louis, so we're backwards. Oh, yeah. nice. That's interesting. I like that. <laughs> uh, so uh, make sure, everybody, you check out the letsgoblues.com shop for T-shirts and stickers. Subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen over at letsgobluesradio.com slash radio. Give us that five-star rating on Apple if you feel so inclined. Twitter handles associated with the show. Uh, LGB Radio is the show Twitter. Kurt Price, other host of the show, at Kurt Price. Bill Day is at Billy Blue Note. Myself, Jeff Ponner, can be found at jponner94. Follow Let's Go Blues Radio on Facebook and Instagram as well. Next week, we will have a guest again. Not sure who it's going to be, but the week after that, I know for a fact, Kurt and Bill will be back uh, for a live show as well. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, first week of October, we will have another live show. Uh, that will conclude this episode. So again, Steve, I want to thank you for coming on, and we will probably have you back again because this was a lot of fun. And uh, yes. again, following your journey to the NHL uh, should be a lot of fun for us as well. I appreciate it. We'll see. We'll keep you posted. We'll keep you, you posted. I'm playing with house money at this point, so I mean, we'll keep you posted. <laughs> All right. Bet on black. That's what I always say. That's it. That's it. Thanks a lot, Jeff. <laughs> thank you. On behalf of Bill Day and Kurt Price, I'm Jeff Ponder. 
And let's go Blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun. They're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.